the Tom Sumner Program. Old Fashioned Radio for a New Generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. The Tom Sumner Program is made possible with support from Seth David Radwell, a recent guest on the program and author of American Schism, How the Two Enlightenments Hold a Secret to Healing Our Nation, released in July 2021. As Publishers Weekly writes in its recent glowing review of American Schism, business executive Radwell's epic debut examines the historical influences that have led to what he sees as the collapse of politics in the United States. Seth Radwell makes the case that the current chasm between the American right and left can be traced back to the 18th century's Age of Enlightenment and the basic tenets of liberty, equality, and reason. American Schism provides a historical perspective that can help bridge current day divides. American Schism by Seth David Radwell is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever books are sold. For more information, go to americanschismbook.com. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, as we roll into hour two of our three-hour tour known as the Tom Sumner Program. Today is uh, part two of a uh, three-part series that ends tomorrow uh, where I go one-on-one with uh, candidates for the Flint City Council, that election coming up in November. And today we focus on uh, wards four, five, and six. This hour we're looking at ward five, and joining me now by phone is the incumbent running for re-election for that seat. Jerry Winfrey Carter. Hi, Jerry. Welcome to the show. Hi, Tom. Thank you for having me. I guess I should say welcome back. It's been a while, <laughs> uh, yes. partly because of the uh, the pandemic, I suppose. But um, yeah, let me let me ask you an, a kind of easy one first. And I ask a lot of people this: people that are running for re-election, and also some of the newcomers. Um, with all of the negativity that seems to surround the the Flint City Council at least it certainly looks that way from the outside looking in why would you want to go back again well um, Tom there's a lot of work to be done and um, I, I, I love my city I love the city of Flint and um, I have constituents that depend on me 
and and I want to I want to be able to continue to fight for them, stand with them, and advocate um, for the people of the city of Flint. You know, and and as the um, incumbent, I am experienced and well qualified to handle the job. I've I've been taking you know my courses through the Michigan Municipal League, and. Um, I think that I have the right attitude to get things d- done and fight for the residents. So, yeah, there's a lot of problems. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about the residents in the city of Flint. Jerry, and is, it that's what, what I want to bring. is it what you expected when you first got on the council? No, Tom, it was, <laughs> no, you know that, you know that. Um, I, but you know what, I think what has happened, <laughs> it has opened my, my eyes and it has opened me up to be able to deal with, just deal with all kinds of people with different personalities and different agendas. And you know, I'm the quiet I'm the quiet one on the council. <laughs> I sit back and I listen to everyone. I really never I, I really never speak, but I, I will speak out when I think that there is um something just, you know, wrong or if there's an in, injustice. You know, I speak out, but I don't get into the into the fight. I I try to stay out of the fight. <laughs> now that you've been there for a little while, Jerry, do you think that the city has the resources it needs to meet the needs of uh, your constituents and Flint residents? No. I mean, we, we now that we have that $47 million in, we can get some of those resources to meet the needs. And one of the one of the needs and um, a couple of the things that I've been fighting for is for public safety and for um, um, blight elimination. And we really need resources in those areas. And I think that would meet the needs of the residents um, in the city of Flint. So, no, we don't have we really don't have the resources that we need. We need to we need to enhance our blight department, and we really need to enhance our police department. Can we increase the tax base in the city of Flint um, by bringing in businesses that help supply jobs and so on? Um, with all of the strikes against companies coming here i mean we have problems with the with the education system there's blight we have high crime there are all these things and how do we solve those if we can't build up the tax base but how do we build up the tax base if we don't solve them i know it's kind of a chicken and the egg question jerry but where are we in all of that well you know you know tom i've been doing a lot of research and i'm just going to say this and i'm going to say it on your show (laughs) In order to um, in order to increase the tax base, we must have um, we must um, develop jobs. 
we must have economic development with the, the um, with the emphasis of creating um, jobs, like you just said. But we have an issue here in the city, whereas, and you know what I do at um, for a living, I help individuals get their GEDs. Okay, and we have a very high popul- population of individuals that do not have a high school diploma or GED. So with that, we're, um, we're struggling because companies really, you know, when they do their assessment to, to see where they want to go, they look at the city and they look at the educational level. And, and they say, well, uh, we can't go there because we're not going to be able to hire qualified individuals or people who can um, who are qualified to take on these positions. But the other thing, too, is that with levels of education, your mindset begin to change. And we have a mindset problem here. We have, you know, there's a difference between a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And with levels of ed- education, your mindset begins to change. And that's when the blight and, and, the, and the crime rate comes in, as far as I'm concerned, because as far as blight, if you have a growth mindset, um, you know, you, you tend to think about the next person. You're not going to go months without cutting your lawn but your your next door neighbor, their lawns are all nice um, and manicured, and your next door, you're messing up their property value because you refuse to keep your yard clean, and and that's that's a mindset problem. The mindset, whereas we we we're having all of these shootings throughout the city, people just sh- killing people. And then you have individuals speeding down the street, um, drag racing. Is that a, is that a, a, a mindset of a person that thinks about the next person, or is that a fixed mindset type person where you just thinking about yourself, and 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 you know, and you're not thinking about the next person. So, with all of that. In order to increase our our tax base, we we need uh, we need education, but we got to clean up this city. We got to clean up the blight. We got to bring in more police officers. We we got to enhance the police department, um, and we got to get the tools that the blight department needs to 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 clean up the city. Because who wants to come here? And so. I know I said a lot, but it all it all comes in together. Yeah, it it really does, Jerry. And and uh, I don't think you went on uh, too long with that. But let me ask you this: um, the money you referred to, the the forty seven million dollars, and I think there's maybe even more than that. But but it's all relative to uh, federal dollars. It's, uh, it's, it's one time, it's, it's kind of short lived in some ways, uh, coming from the, uh, from president Biden's, uh, recovery act. Right. And I guess my question is, is, is there enough money there to make, you know, to do quick fixes that could help make Flint more appealing for businesses to come in and, and other job creators? 
Yes, yes. You know, um, myself, Councilman Mays, Councilwoman Galloway, we, um, Councilman Davis, we all propose that we um, use some of that money to start cleaning up this city, to enhance the blight department, hire um, more people in the blight department, get the necessary um, equipment they use, they, they need to use to go out and clean, you know, the different areas. We need, uh, in my opinion, we need like two um, full-time blight workers in each ward, you know, to make an impact to get this city cleaned up. As far as the police department, we need, um, we need cameras throughout the, the city. Um, you know, we need um, shot spotters, you know, to, to help, you know, combat some of this um, cr uh, criminal activity. I mean, it's, 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 it's a lot. I mean, but we can use, the, we can use that money to do that in order to bring in um, businesses so that we can um, create jobs for the residents. But this is kind of a strange election cycle um, for a Flint City Council race in that there are three open seats. You mentioned uh, Councilman Davis. Uh, Maurice Davis didn't make it through his primary, so that's an open seat. Santino Guerra in the third ward decided not to run for re-election, as did um, Herb Winfrey in the uh, right. in the sixth ward. So there's three open seats, and over the nine wards, there are five write-in candidates, which is very unusual. It's unusual to see one write-in candidate, let alone five. And it, it, I just wonder what your thoughts are about why there seems to be so much movement around this particular election cycle? Well, I think, um, I think what has happened, you know, there were so many complaints about the city council and how the city council, how the city council, they're not getting along, they're fighting against each other. And I think people um, said, well, you know what? In order to move this city forward, we need some new council people. But what the people don't understand with that is we, yeah, everybody, you, you're going to have, you're going to have situations where you're going to disagree. I mean, I think the issues with city council is that we have a racial divide, but we'll get into that later. But, um, yeah, let's put, a, let's put a comma there, Jerry. I need to go to a short break. Can you stick around for a few minutes okay. so we can talk some more? Okay. Great. My guest is uh, Jerry Winfrey Carter. She is the incumbent in the uh, 5th Ward and uh, running for re-election in uh, that Flint City Council election that will be decided in November. And we're going to have uh, more with Jerry after we let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us at TomSumnerProgram.com, we have some messages as well. So don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We'll be back with more right after this. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. 
While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed, a magical place with magical charms, indoors, indoors, indoors. Take it away. Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show. And welcome back, everybody. We continue my conversation with the uh, incumbent in uh, the 
uh, election for Flint City Council from the 5th Ward, Jerry Winfrey Carter, who joins me by phone. Jerry, welcome back. Thanks for sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Technical glitches Thank and you. all. Thank you. No problem. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, getting back to, you were talking about some of the difficulties that the uh, council has uh, getting along, but I want to move on to a couple of issue uh, things, if we can, unless you want to uh, pick up on that and, and finish what you were saying. Uh, I think I was just saying, um, I think that's why, with all of the, the bickering back and forth, um, I think it kind of um, prompts um, people to say, you know what, I could do better. I'm going to run for council. But the reality of it is this. We, we do get the work done. It may take us a little longer. We may disagree a lot, but at the end of, of the day, we do um, move millions of dollars. And I know a lot of people were saying, well, council meetings are too long. Well, yeah, when you have people sitting around a table with different perspectives, different ideas, different opinions, um, it's going to take a while to move millions of dollars. <laughs> You know, this is not an easy job. Um, and and I'm one that tends to sit and I listen. I listen to, to all of my colleagues. I can feel each and every one of my colleagues. I, I can understand them. Um, but we do move millions of dollars. We get the work done. Now, there's been something in the news just within the last day um, that that has me a little bit confused. I guess it's been talked about for weeks now, but uh, uh, it's it's just coming into play now, and that's this um, backup for the Flint water system. And I'm I'm hearing something like uh, 25% of Flint's water is going to come from this backup system, and isn't it essentially coming from KWA, this backup system, and and how did that all come about? There were so many people that were against the idea of uh, Flint getting its water from KWA, and now it looks like 25% of the water is coming from KWA. I, am I seeing that right, or what, what's going on there, Jerry? Can you explain that to me? Well, um, yeah, I, I think you are seeing it right, um, but we got to have a backup. We got to have a backup system. Well, and, yeah, that's by state law. Right. And so it's weird to me, too, Tom, because I've been trying to figure everything out and, and learning more about, about the, um, the, backup, um, the backup system. Um, but, you know, we didn't, ha we didn't have one. So, um, and, yes, it is going to be coming from the KWA, from, from Genesee County's, um, I guess. When, uh, Jerry, when, and when they say 25%, um, that it's 25% it's is, is now being part of the system, does that mean that 25% of the water coming out of the taps is there, or is it just 25% done that we have a backup system? I, I believe it's twenty five percent 
done that we have a backup system. And I know that they're they're doing some work now whereas they're blending the water um, sources to make sure to make sure that, that it's it's gonna test right. Um, but I, I really seriously have to be more um, you know, I, I need to learn up on that more. Because I'm sitting there too and I'm thinking, okay, well, I know we need a backup system, but are we using a, the same water for the backup system? Because if we're using um, essentially the same flow of water, that's not a backup system. So none of it makes sense to me, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, well, Jerry, thank you. I'm glad it's not just me. Um, Even Griggs, Griggs, he was arguing that, well, this is really not a backup system. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one that's uh, a little confused by that. Um, but what are the big issues you think that the council is going to be uh, addressing going forward? Well, the first, the first issue is we got to spend... We got to spend that ninety, um, that ninety-four million dollars that we that we got. Well, we got half of it um, after they take out everything that they need to take out. It's like forty-seven million right now, and so we got to start uh, spending spending that money, coming up with creative ways to spend the money. And and essentially, that money is for the residents, <laughs> you know, for for the city to to help, um, you know, enhance the lives of the the residents in the city of Flint. So that's going to be that's going to be number one. Thinking of ways to um, you know spend that money. And and how close are we to having our issues about trash collection resolved? That, um, well, priority will start tomorrow, October 1st. They will start um, collect, collecting um, trash. Um, that, 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 I mean, you know, I think, um, I think that that's going to work itself out. Um, there were issues as far as the um there was a challenge process. over the yeah there was a challenge over the bid process right right the bidding process um with um with green for life gfl um so i think that that's gonna you know i don't know whether or not they're gonna sue or not but I think it's all gonna gonna work out. But as it stands now, priority will um, start collecting um, garbage um, tomorrow, October first. Well, Jerry, we're we're just about out of time, but I want to make sure and give you a chance to share with listeners where they can find out more about you and your campaign and so on. Um, do you have a website or or how, yes. how can people keep track well, of what you're up to? Um, I have a Facebook, and the Facebook is Friends of Jerry Winfrey Carter. Um, 
and I, I'll post different things on that um, Facebook page, Friends of Jerry Winfrey Carter. If, um, if residents need to get in touch with me, as far as my campaign, if you would like to volunteer and work um, in my campaign, um, you can always call me at area code 810-265-9153. And again, that's 810-265-9153. And you can always email me at Friends of Jerry Winfrey Carter at gmail.com. And that's all together, friends of Jerry Winfrey Carter at gmail.com. Well, Jerry, it was great talking with you again. Thanks so much for spending this time with me this morning. And, and thank you, Tom, for having me. I always like to come on your show. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll have to, you'll have to have me on so that we can talk about um, literacy. That would be good. That would be good. Um, well, Jerry, keep up the good work, and uh, best of luck to you. Well, thank you, Tom. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. That was Jerry Winfrey Carter. She is the uh, incumbent in the race for the 5th Ward seat for Flint City Council at uh, election coming up in November. And we'll uh, talk with her uh, challenger, Joe Sh- Scapani, coming up in just a moment. <music> Old-fashioned radio For a new generation TomSumnerProgram.com TomSumnerProgram.com Armchair politics is going to hell. Hell, Michigan, that is, and you are invited. On October 27th, Wednesday before Halloween, Armchair Politics will be broadcasting live from 9 a.m. to noon from the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan, near Pinckney. This will be our first in-person meeting of the Tom Sumner Program's weekly roundtable armchair politics since the beginning of the pandemic. Join me and roundtable regulars Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right, plus more on Wednesday, October 27, 2021, starting at 9 a.m. at the Hell Saloon. Armchair politics is going to hell, and you can too.
Welcome back, everybody. We continue uh, my one-on-one -on -one conversations with the candidates for Flint City Council. That election coming up in November. We're talking with uh, candidates in the 5th Ward. And uh, the challenger joins me now by phone, Joe Scapani. And Joe, welcome to the show. Welcome back, I should say. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. How are you? Good, good. Now, the election is coming up. It's just a... Uh, just just a little tiny bit over a month away and uh is is it crunch time now yes i mean it's of course it is you know i mean we got a month away to get everything going and get get the word out and keep knocking on doors and talking to people and doing you know keep doing amazing things for the city at the same time what are you hearing from people joe when you talk to uh prospective voters a lot of people are looking forward are for a change. They want, you know, things to change in city council, things to change in the city. They're wanting new developments coming here. They're wanting to bring new money, new resources into the city. Um, they're, they're wanting to bring back the vibrancy that Flint used to be, but in a newer way, I guess. <laughs> in a new, more modern way. And are, are people optimistic? Do you think Flint has the resources that it needs to, to meet the needs of uh, Flint residents and to make Flint more appealing to those, those uh, businesses that you'd like to see attracted? Well, I think it does. I mean, even just in the work that I've done with Flint Public Art Project, I've seen a lot of attraction from people that are interested in doing stuff in Flint and possibly moving to Flint. With Flint Public Art Project, we've had several artists come in here that have moved to Flint and actually made Flint their home um, after doing a residency here. We are now right now filming a movie, Have Dead Fred, with a production company from L.A. here in Flint, which is bringing some good money into our economy. Um, I mean, just for example, food alone is over. They're spending over seven thousand dollars a month in restaurants. So people are interested in Flint, but Flint needs to come up with a plan. Well, with all the things you're you're doing, Joe, and and with all the negativity that surrounds the Flint City Council, often because of meetings that run into the wee hours of the morning and don't always uh, accomplish what they started out to do. Um, how 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 is it that that you're even interested in serving on the city council? You could do other things to to help Flint. I, I can, but it needs to start at the top. Um, things need to be put in place at the top, and we need to stop fighting. We, I mean, people are watching the city council on a national level, and all this inviting on city council needs to stop, and work needs to get done. Um, we need to come up with new, better policies, um, ordinances that help the city grow, and we need to create more revenue um, for the city to grow because right now our revenue is going into the negative and we're going to be having some issues if we don't do something quickly. Well, so we need to come up with some new ways of creating revenue. 
There is some money uh, available to the city from uh, President Biden's uh, Recovery Act program. I think $47 million that's already been received. Do you think that's enough to make some of the changes uh, needed to Flint to make it attractive enough enough to bring in uh, revenue that, that will be more sustainable and more long-term? It's not right, I do. I think it will help. But we also need to figure out diff- different revenue streams. I mean, waiting for GM to come back at, you know, at full force isn't going to happen. We need to make sure we have jobs for everybody. You know, we need to make sure we have jobs that appeal to educated and people and skilled trade workers. So we need to have jobs at all levels and good-paying jobs. Um, but we also, you know, we need to figure out different policies that will help rate raise our uh, revenue for the city without taxing the people on There's a lot of different ways to do some of that. Joe, um, now that you're a candidate for city council, are you watching what they're doing really closely, and have you formed opinions about some of the issues that have been in the news recently, like who should be collecting the trash, for example? I have. Um... You know, I'm 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 very busy still working in the city, doing stuff for the city. So I I have been watching a lot of a lot of them. I'm listening to a lot of them most of the time. I listen to um, them afterwards. Um, you know, the trash green. A lot of the questions that I think got answered in the trash during the open meeting. Um, I think a lot more will get answered later on. Uh, I'm not sure about this investigative hearing. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure new, when it will come up and what the purpose is of that. The new contract with Priority starts tomorrow, but um, it, there's some question about uh, whether or not that contract should, I mean, the, the council voted to, to go ahead with it, but there's right. some question about the legality of them doing that because of a challenge to the bid process, and that has—I don't think—that's all been resolved yet. But do you think that it that it will resolve, and that we're probably on the right track going forward? I do. I I think it will resolve. I mean, we voted it in, and so this is what we have, and so we're going to have to make the best of it. I don't think there's going to be any change in the outcome of who's going to be taking, take, you know, picking up our trash after this investigative hearing. I don't see how there could be. Um, you know, we signed a contract. And so unless we, you know, unless we want to back out on the contract that we signed, you know, there's not much we can do right now at this point. I mean, we can change the way we do things in the future. But, you know, and that's where we have to set new policies and new um, procedures and stuff and ordinances to make sure it's handled and handled properly. Joe, as a candidate for Flint City Council, if elected, what what do you bring to the table? Well, I have a master's in public administration. I'm just finishing a master's in accounting right now. Uh, So I do have experience and knowledge about a lot of the stuff. Um, I also... With Flint Public Art Project, I'm very engaged with the neighbors in the city and uh, all the different neighborhoods with a lot of the projects that we've done. So I know how to work with the city. You know, I know 
I know a lot of what the people want, and by just talking to them over the years and working with them. <laughs> what are the things you think um, when you watch uh, the city council in action? Um, what are the things you think they're getting right, and what are the things you think they're getting wrong? What What should the council be doing? Well, the council should be. I mean, they they should try to work together. I mean, I, it it seems like you have one group of people or two groups of people that want to work against each other, and you know, which is good. I mean, there there should be some debate on what's going to be passed and what's not going to be passed, but it needs to be civil. Um, that's one thing, and, and it, it's not always civil. It's not always civil for both sides of the, both sides of that scenario. Is there um, a, is there a racial component to the divide on this on the Flint City Council? You know, I believe there might be. I think there is, and I think some good some racial racial training would be also good to help work through some of those issues, uh, especially if council stays the way it is right now. Uh, the community foundation offers truth and racial healing programs and their healing cycles or circles. And, you know, we got to learn to work together. we got to become one body and work for everybody in the city. So, I mean, I, I, and we got to figure out a way to do that. And, and what about Flint's uh, high crime rate or violence in the city of Flint, which which seems to be experiencing an uptick? What what should and can the city do to curb violence in Flint? Well, I mean, we need to look at it. One, we need to look at look at the, the fleet, Flint Police Department and see what's lacking, where things are, and find support and ways to support them to build them up so they can retain officers, you know, and keep officers. We can't have police officers making less than McDonald's employees. Uh, they're not going to stay there. They're going to come and get their time in, and they're going to go on to where they get paid more. we got to figure out a way so we can pay them more and get them to do their job and want to be here. Uh, we need to look at the issues like the party stores issues that are going on at some of the local stores and come up and work with them and come up with a plan that is equitable for both us, party stores, liquor stores, and all this other stuff to help tame down some of the crimes in those areas. Um, but yeah, I mean, we just, we really need to do an evaluation of our police department and see where we can support them and make them make it so they can help us more. Hey, Joe, I have to take a short break here, but I'd like to talk to you a little bit more. Can you stick around for a few minutes? Yeah. Okay, my guest is Joe Scapani. In, uh, am I saying that right? Is it Scapani or Scapani? Scapani. Okay, thanks, yep. Joe. I always mess that up because I'm terrible. <laughs> no problem. Uh, Everybody does. But uh, Joe is running for a seat on the Flint City Council in the November election from the 5th Ward. And we'll continue our conversation with Joe. Coming up next hour, we'll look at Ward 6, which is an open seat after... Uh, 
uh, Councilman uh, Herb Winfrey decided not to run for re-election. So we'll we'll talk about that coming up a little later in the show. If you're listening to us on 92.1 FM, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Armchair Politics is going to hell. Hell, Michigan, that is, and you're invited. On October 27th, Wednesday before Halloween, Armchair Politics will be broadcasting live from 9 a.m. to noon from the Hell Saloon in Hell, Michigan, near Pinckney. This will be our first in-person meeting of the Tom Sumner Program's weekly roundtable armchair politics since the beginning of the pandemic. Join me and roundtable regulars Flint's premier political pundit Paul Rosicki on the left and longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter on the right, plus more on Wednesday, October 27, 2021, starting at 9 a.m. at the Hell Saloon. Armchair politics is going to hell, and you can too. Say, objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than a thousand dollars now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in edible arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for edible arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi 
gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. And welcome back, everybody. We continue my one-on-one conversations with candidates for the Flint City Council with uh, um, my my, uh, current guest and and, uh, rejoining my conversation with... um, a uh, challenger in the fifth ward, Joe Scapani. <coughs> and Joe, welcome back, and thanks for uh, sticking around. Sorry to make you sit through all that. Oh, no problem, not at all. Um, Joe, just uh, just recently, I started seeing news reports about the um, uh, about the water's backup system, and and it seems that we're going with uh, the Karagnandi Water Authority as a backup system but that it's being blended in with the water we get now. And I just wonder what your thoughts are about that, um, given the fact that so many people were adamantly opposed to the city going on the Karagnandi Water Authority system. Well, I mean, it's only the backup. It is coming from the same main source. We just got to make sure that the city is following through with the testing of the water. And we've got to make sure that it's being treated correctly. Um, so, I mean, as we learned from the water crisis, that's what we didn't do last time, is we didn't treat it correctly and we weren't testing. And we were trying to sweep everything under the rug. So we got to make sure we do our due diligence to make sure it's done and hold people accountable that aren't doing what they're doing, they're supposed to be doing. How are we doing, do you think? How is the city doing in its recovery from the water crisis? We were doing good for a while in the recovery. I think it stalled. And I think we need to figure out why it stalled and keep it moving forward. Well, I'll give you a hint, hint, Joe. It's usually about the money. (laughs) Yeah, it is. That, I mean, that's what that's what it is. I mean, right now, that's what we that's our problem right now is they don't have the money, so we need to figure out where to get that money, and we need to figure out how to get that money, and get it done so we can move on and feel comfortable as a city to use and drink our water. I mean, it's a, it's a right for us to be able to use it. I lived I've lived in Flint. I've lived in Flint through this whole water crisis. I still don't feel comfortable drinking my water, and my all my lines and everything is I've you know, been replaced. I still don't feel comfortable drinking it. They say it's safe, but I mean I'm like everybody else. So how do we how do we move on? How do we finish this and move on and get it done? And we need to come up with solutions. There's solutions out there, but if we're sitting in city council fighting all day and not getting anything accomplished. We're not going to move on and get this done. Well, and that's and and you sort of implied a, a interesting question there. How long will you will it be? Do you think before there is trust in the water system and other aspects of city government? I think it's going to take some time. 
I think it's going to take a long time and some things changing before there's before there's trust in either one. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know when it's when everybody's probably going to be on their when they're going to start trusting on their own level, and I'm not. I wouldn't be wouldn't want to force anybody to say you have to trust this and you have to trust us now because that's not the way to do it. I mean, everybody everybody heals differently. Everybody recovers differently, and everybody has their own issues, you know, with things, and they handle them differently. So I can't tell you this person over here is going to be confident on this date or this time or this year because I might feel comfortable, but my neighbor might not because my, my neighbor might have experienced different trauma. So we got to let people feel comfortable on their own. And we can't force that, and we need to support them until they do. This is an interesting. This is an interesting election cycle for the Flint City Council this time around. There are three open seats because one incumbent in the second ward, Maurice Davis, didn't make it through the primary. Santino Guerra from the third ward decided not to run again, as did Herb Winfrey from the sixth ward. So there are three open seats, and then over the nine wards, there are five write-in candidates. It's unusual to see one write-in yeah. candidate, let alone five. So you said when you were talking to uh, prospective voters that, that they want change. Do you think that explains why there seems to be so much activity around this particular election? I think so. I think people are sick of it. Um, you know, everybody that I talk to that's running that are, you know, not on the city council right now, even the write-ins, it's like, okay, something's got to change. We've got to make better decisions. We've got to make better choices. I know my personality. I've worked with a lot of different type of people and worked through a lot of different situations. I'm good at working with anybody. I can work with anybody. I can make, you know... I can compromise, I can work, I can I can do that. I mean, with the mural program, there's been a lot of compromising with neighborhoods and making sure the neighborhoods get what they want, uh, making sure the murals that go up are what people are looking for. Um, and there's a lot of give and take in there. So we can't just, I don't know, I think a lot of people try to do the one-size-fits-all, and the one-size-fits-all doesn't work for everybody. When you're talking with uh, with prospective voters and they talk about change, are there some specific issues that are of interest to the residents that you've talked with? Well, you know, the water is always an issue. Getting this over with, getting that settled is an issue. Um, <clears throat> new development, seeing the city grow is another issue. And seeing it grow evenly and equitably across the whole city and not just one section of the city is a big issue. People want to see this growth go into the north end, into the south side, into the west and east side, and see things happening in all parts of the city. And that, you know, that's going to make the whole city vibrant, not just one area. Joe, was that a, a little implicit dig at, at downtown? <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, I, I mean, I remember when downtown was a ghost yard, okay? And there was nothing down there. And 
they were just starting to rebuild and do stuff downtown. But, you know, one of the things that we've worked with on the mural project is trying to connect the murals to the neighborhood and to the neighborhood business centers and trying to get ways to get people to cross those lines and see different parts of the city. Joe, we're getting close to the end of our time, and I want to make sure that people know where they can find out more about you and your campaign for a seat on the uh, city council from the 5th Ward. Uh, Joe, do you have a website? I do, votescapani.com. What was that again? Votescapani.com, S-C-H-I-P-A-N-I. And, uh, Joe, what's... uh, What's what's job one if you get elected? Job one is to try to get everybody to work together so we can get things done um, and try to figure out our revenue shortfalls so we can move the city forward, try to figure out the crime, get lower our crime in the city, and get rid of some of the blight. I mean, blight and crime go hand in hand together, and we need to figure out either how to eliminate the plight or how to revitalize what's already here. We just have a minute or two left. Any final thoughts you want to share? Well, my final thought is one of the reasons I'm I'm running for Flint, Flint City Council is because I feel that the city needs to change. And the city, we're at a crucial point to whether it's make it or break it in the city. And we need a city council to work together. And we need to be able to move through. We need people that will work with anybody and work with everybody to be able to get the city to move forward. And I'm not a politician, okay? Not by any means. I'm not a politician. I'm the mural guy, right? Um, But I do have the education and the background and the knowledge and the love for the city to move the city forward. Well, Joe, thanks uh, for spending this time with me this morning. I really appreciate it. I wish you uh, good luck and keep up the good work. All right. Well, thank you very much, Tom. All right. Take care. Bye now. Bye. That was Joe Scapani. He is uh, the challenger in the uh, 5th Ward for a seat on the Flint City Council, that uh, election coming up in November. And we're going to continue next hour uh, with our one-on-one conversations with candidates for City Council by moving on to Ward 6. Now, tomorrow on the show, we will uh, talk with the candidates in Wards 7, 8, and 9, the goal being to uh, uh, have one-on-one conversations with all of the candidates on and off the ballot uh, for this year's uh, Flint City Council election. And uh, so far, everyone has agreed to be on the show. Kate Fields, the uh, incumbent in the fourth ward that I had intended to start the show with today, um, canceled. And and so I substituted uh, in today's show uh, an interview I did with Kate during the the primary. She was um, censured uh, by the Flint City Council and and is, con- I, I guess, considering some legal ramifications of that. And so she uh, uh, 
sent me a message or, or left a message last night that she was canceling her appearance this morning on the show. And I sent her a text and said, uh, is it okay if I run the interview that you did uh, during the primary? And she said, okay. So in the spirit of, of trying to have everyone represented, um, but uh, by and large, uh, 90 plus percent of uh, the interviews in this series are, are brand new and in most cases live. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a break for top of the hour and uh, move into the sixth ward. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. Tom Sumner. 